Uh, it's really good to be back here with you guys. I feel like I haven't been here in a long time, but uh, yeah, man, love being here. Um, I was talking a little bit about, about that spring formal uh, earlier, and the same people that I do that spring formal with, I hang out with a lot. They're the people that I live with, I live in a big Christian living community at UW with a bunch of guys and a bunch of girls, and we do like everything together. I mean, we go we out all the time, and one of our favorite things to do is to go out uh, and go see Husky basketball, Husky football, all the sports that UW has available. Um, and one of our favorite things to do is sit there when the other team is about to make a free throw or is about to make a field goal or is about to sp- score a point that is going to like change it completely. And we sit there and we yell at them, we shout at them because we're trying to distract them from making that point. We're trying to knock their focus. Right? And I think we've got a slide up here of, of Terrell Brown. He's one of our uh, point guards, I believe. Austin can check me on that. But he's a cool guy. Anyway, maybe we don't. Um, but the thing is, there he is. There's Terrell Brown. Uh, when you are an athlete, when you are someone who is being yelled at and shouted at while you're doing this super, super important thing, it takes training and it takes a lot of discipline. See, these athletes have to sit there and they have to prepare distractions because they have a job to do, right? They have a super important job of winning the game, of winning the race. Um, and they expect the other team to be distracting them. They expect us, like me and my friends, to be shouting at them while they're trying to do the things that they need to do. And in our passage today, in Nehemiah 6, that is where we find Nehemiah. Nehemiah is almost done with rebuilding Jerusalem. He's almost done with the wall. It's this thing that he's been working on that God has put on his heart to do. And his enemies are making one last-ditch effort to distract him and knock him off task. But Nehemiah doesn't. He just is so focused, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. Our big idea is that a firm foundation is unshakable under pressure. So let's start diving into the story uh, to see how Nehemiah's firm foundation takes form. So we talked a little bit about this, but Nehemiah is building a one Jerusalem. He is rebuilding uh, the old city that was once destroyed, and he's almost done. Like, pretty, the wall is pretty much done. He just needs to put the finishing touches on it. And so there are these three guys who have been messing with Nehemiah for a long time. And there's Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah. And these guys are going to try all kinds of different things to knock Nehemiah off track and stop the work of the wall. But we're going to see how Nehemiah responds to those guys and keeps his focus and responds with truth. So here's what they try first. In verse 1, let's look. Nehemiah 6, 1. We've got it on the screen if you don't have it with you. Um, when word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall, that's Nehemiah, and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages, plain of Ono. So in this first instance, they're trying to get Nehemiah physically away from the wall. And if you're like me and don't know where the plains of Ono are, great, I got a map for us. As you can see, Ono is very, very far away from Jerusalem. In fact, that is 37 miles away from Jerusalem. That's a long walk. They didn't have cars. They didn't have trains. That is a long time away. So these guys want to physically draw Nehemiah away. They don't want him there at the wall. But Nehemiah isn't going to be swayed by this, right? He had a mission that was in Jerusalem, and it was too important to leave. So regardless of what's going on in Ono, look at Nehemiah's reaction to this. 
he thinks, but they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while leave and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave the same answer. So this is our first point today. To be someone like Nehemiah, to have that same drive and to have that same focus, to be someone like Nehemiah is to have an uninterruptible purpose. Not only is Nehemiah able to see through the lies of his enemies here, his project is just too great uh, to be doing anything else or going anywhere else. To put it simply, Nehemiah doesn't let himself get distracted from following God in the work that God had sent him out to do. Imagine this scenario. Imagine you're there when Jesus is here on earth. And imagine Jesus is about to die on the cross and he's nailed there. You're seeing him. I mean, it's probably an incredible and amazing spectacle to see. Imagine Jesus is there. He's dying for our sins. The author and perfecter of our faith is there. And someone comes up to him while he's on the cross. And someone says to Jesus, Jesus, hey, uh, you want to come down? You want to grab a few drinks? You want to come hang out? It's great. We got all kinds of things. What do you think Jesus is going to say to that? Jesus is probably not going to come down. I, I'm, I'm placing a bet on it. What Jesus is doing on the cross, what God had him do, is a lot more important and uninterruptible purpose compared to anything else that's going on. And in the same way with Nehemiah. He knows this truth about God, that he's working for God, that God is working for him, and he's not anyone or anything dragged away or knock off his focus from accomplishing that purpose. And while we're not doing the exact same things as Nehemiah or Jesus for that matter, uh, our mission of knowing God, of following God, and loving God is just the same. And it's just as important. The same God that gave Nehemiah his firm foundation shapes our same purpose today. That God has actually been revealed by the purpose, by the person of Jesus for us to look to. This verse in, in Colossians sums up the idea pretty well. We can read it together here. Uh, this is Colossians 1, 15 through 17. The Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He for all things and in him all things hold together. So the reality of our life is this. Jesus is the reason why we're alive, right? He's the reason why we're able to experience joy. He's the reason why we're able to love. He's the reason why we're here, right? He existed before us. Things have been created through him. And the same job that Nehemiah had of knowing God and serving God, that's our job too. We are here to love God, to love people, and to get to know God more. The most important thing you can do in your life. And we're called to do this through the way that we spend our time, through the way that we, that we think about work, our relationships. I mean, that purpose is to fuel and pour into every single thing and every single second that we do in our lives, every second that we spend. But even though we have this super important purpose, even though God died for our sins and we have this incredible conviction towards Jesus, we get distracted from that all the time. We're not actually like Jesus or Nehemiah most of the time in our days. We, we get so distracted from this purpose constantly. In fact, being distracted from our purpose of following God is one of the biggest challenges you will ever face in your lives. The fall of Adam and Eve, the reason 
why we hear that sin is in the world, that was a result of being distracted from a given purpose. And it's the reason why we deal with brokenness now. God doesn't want you to be distracted because it takes you away from joy and it takes you away from the purpose that God created you for. And this is a very prevalent part of my life because I get distracted a lot, right? For me, the way this has happened in the past few years has been through busyness. I'm a very like productive, busy person. I love having my schedule filled. I love being able to do all kinds of things. You know, I have, I have homework. I have work here. I make music. I love hanging out with friends. I love doing all these things. And while that's not inherently wrong, right, it's good to have a full life, sometimes that busyness can actually become an idol, right? And I can almost worship being busy and having things to do and not having time for anything or anybody else. And that that is where I get knocked off my focus God, right? Because it can get to a point where I have so much going on that I completely forget about God in day-to-day moments, right? When I, when I lay down at bed, I sometimes not even think about God. I'm thinking about, did I get into business school or not? Or did I work hard enough? Or did I, did I do everything I needed to do? And that can totally take away our focus from pursuing God and following him. And if you can't relate to that, uh, I guarantee you that distractions will pop up in your life, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's your phone. I mean, when I was writing this message, it took me a long time because I had my phone sitting there and I was just distracted. Like, it is just a natural tendency of human beings to get knocked off our person, get, to get super distracted all the time. And you know, when we talk about these things, when we talk about the distractions that we're going to face, it's important to know that some things are going to be in our lives no matter what. Like, I'm probably going to be in school for a long time. Like, that's just going to be a given. I'm probably going to be busy for a long time, hopefully going to be working here for a while. And so it's not like I should just cut all those things out and just devote myself to Bible reading and prayer for forever. Like, that's it's not exactly what we're called to do. Um, we're going to have things that we're doing in our lives, but it's our job to eliminate the distractions that we can control and find a way to react properly to the, the distractions that we can't control. So just think about the things that can fill your mind or steal your, your time on a day-to-day basis, and you'll start to notice how many different ways we get distracted all the time. And the way to face that, the way to conquer that, is to name the distractions that you're facing and to figure out what's actually distracting you. And so let's see how Nehemiah does this. In verse 5 here, we're going to see our next point. Uh, point number two is this. To be someone like Nehemiah is to call out the lies and call out the distractions and respond with the truth. Since Nehemiah knows that his purpose is with God, right? He's, he knows this truth of God, that that is what he ought to be pursuing, um, he's able to filter out the lies and distractions that are coming in and stay true to that purpose and respond with the truth he knows. So let's get back into our story here. Verse 5. Then, the fifth time, Sanballat sent his aid to me. Remember, these guys have been sending people to Nehemiah. They're trying to get him away from the wall. They're trying to tempt him and distract him. And so here's what they do next. Sanballat sent his aid to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written. First of all, it's unsealed. That is the first red flag. Usually, if someone like, hands you a letter, usually it's sealed. It's in an envelope. It's nice. But here's what the letter said. It's reported among the nations, among everybody. And Geshem says it is true that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building a wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. 
There's a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so, so come, let's meet together. He's saying, let's figure this out. And if you didn't really understand that, basically, what these guys are trying to get Nehemiah to believe is that they're trying to tell Nehemiah, hey, there's a rumor going on around you, around all the nations. Everybody is hearing about what you are doing. And you're planning to revolt. And that's just not true. The Jews aren't trying to revolt. Nehemiah knows that. Nehemiah is not trying to be king. There's no, there's no appointed prophets. That's, that's all baloney, right? But usually, even when we hear a rumor fake about us, it hits us, right? That's our reputation. It messes us up, right? And that's what they're trying to do to Nehemiah. Nehemiah knows that this is fake, but that's not their goal. Their goal is just to knock him off just a little bit. I'm annoyed. But look what Nehemiah says. Look what Nehemiah says in verse 8. He says, I sent him this ply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are taking it up out of your head. That is probably one of my responses of anyone in the Bible ever. I mean, like, like, come on, he just makes fun of them. That's hilarious. What Nehemiah does is he uses discernment. So discernment is the ability to recognize truth from falsehood, right? Discernment is the ability to figure out what is right and what is wrong. Here's an example of discernment that uh, maybe you guys have experienced. I don't know about you. I get these phone calls from around the country. They could be from Florida. They could be from Texas. Random caller number that I don't know. I'll pick up. Once a week, I get this happen. And I say, hello, my name is Adam. Uh, and there's just silence on the phone. And I wait a little bit. I'm just sitting there, you know. And then a guy, a, a pre-recorded message on the phone says, Adam, would you, would you like to buy some insurance? We need to update your insurance information. Can we get your insurance information? And it's laying up, because I know that that's baloney. I know that no, I don't even have insurance. I, I'm on my parents' insurance. I don't pay for that. It's awesome. Um, but it doesn't take, it, that's just common sense. Right? I, I don't need a lot of discernment to recognize that that's just fake news, that someone is just trying to steal my information. But here's the thing. You do need discernment when the lies and distractions in life seem like things that could be good and seem like things that could actually help you out. For me, that's overloading my schedule and grinding way too hard on school and getting distracted from God, right? Initially, that sounds good. You know, it sounds like I'm being productive. sounds like I'm doing cool things with my life. But in reality, that's just making me a less fun person to be around. And it's just making me tired. And it's not helping me pursue God. So that's a sin in my life that I need to get rid of. So as we're finishing up, how do we be like Maya, right? How do we get discernment? How do we stay focused? How do we see through the lies and distractions that can take us away from God. I want to talk about three really, really, really easy and foundational things that we can do in our lives to keep us focused on God. So first thing is this, know the Bible. The number one thing to do to know truth is to know the revealed word of God. So the Bible is what we know about God. God inspired a bunch of people to write about him, and now we have it. Now we can, we can study it, we can study it with other people. And if something in life doesn't line up with the truth of the Bible, it's a pretty safe bet that we can rely on the Bible for that one. So, number one, know the Bible well. Number two is this. The second thing we can do to eliminate distractions, to, to stay focused on God, is to be constant in prayer. Right? Paul talks about this a lot. We see this from Nehemiah. We didn't actually read these sections, but throughout this story, Nehemiah is constantly praying for himself. He's praying for his enemies. He's praying for his own people. And it's a lot harder to be distracted from God when you are constantly communicating with him in prayer. It's a lot 
harder to be distracted from God when you are constantly thinking about him, he is constantly on your mind, and when you are presenting your requests to him. So, number two is be constant in prayer. Number three, final one, is seeking wisdom and seeking accountability from people around you. So this one is super, super important. Yeah, seek wisdom from mentors, yeah. People you can trust and people who you know really care about you enough. Care about you enough to be honest with you. They can tell that you're getting distracted, right? I have a ton of people in my life who I'm very fortunate can do this for me, right? Austin is one of those people. A lot of people at school are those people who can say, Adam, we're getting too busy. Adam, you need to stop doing this. This is sin in your life. This is waste. This is not good. And it is super important to have those people. You can be very blind to the ways that you're getting distracted. So having God-fearing people who care about you, who you can trust, is super, super important to spoke God. And as we close today, I want to just point out this one last thing. Almost done, but this is huge. This is super huge. I want us to look at this last part of chapter six. So Nehemiah, he stands firm through the found, he stands firm through the temptation, all the distractions, they don't get to him. And he actually finishes the wall in this chapter. It's done. Verse 15. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul, in 52 days. I don't know what Elul is, but the wall is completed. We got it. Uh, and here's the important part. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Nehemiah literally scared these guys off with how focused and how faithful he was. Right? And the best thing is that same God that gave Nehemiah a firm foundation our purpose today, right? We have that same access to power and the truth that God showed to Nehemiah. We make the decision to follow Jesus with our lives. So when we're in small groups today, please be thinking about ways that you might be getting distracted from the Lord, right? What are the ways that are taking away from your joy? What are the things that are distracting you, right? And that are taking away your joy from what you could have. I'm going to pray. Bryn's coming back up. We can get back to worship. And, uh, yeah, excited for those discussions. So that's all I right. have. God, thank you so much again for just the chance to get into your word, Lord, and be refreshed by it. God, thank you for the truth that you've given us, God. Thank you for, for the gift of faith that we can place our hope in, in something that isn't of this world, Lord, something that isn't going to pass away time. God, thank you for Jesus and just the gift that, that he is to look to. Thank you for just giving us purpose. God, thank you so much for, for you and everything you do. Pray for us today, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.